Here we go. Welcome to Tiloy Talks, episode two, podcast edition. And you are now tuning in with Yashu, also known as Josh. Um, as those you may know me either as Josh or Yashu in a sense like that. And today we're going to be talking about the top 15 Toronto and GTA rappers, male and female edition. So this is basically my afterthoughts and the thoughts of processing this and all that. And yeah, you're going to hear like a lot of reverb, so don't get distracted. All right. So this is how it worked a while back. So back in like May, June-ish, um, I was trying to find some ways to create more content for the channel to make it more like a Toronto like media page and that stuff like that, since I am from Toronto and all that. And... You know, after learning from Sean Khan's inspiration, so if you guys don't know who Sean Khan is, or Sean Khan, Sean Cotton, sorry about that, the fucking reverb, you know, so, um, if you don't know who Sean Cotton is, he is the founder of Say Cheese TV, and who also conducts interviews, does, like, a lot of, like, media-based pages for promoting music in his city of Dallas as well as like in other parts of the world too so he is like a staple internationally so he led the ground for um paving the way for artists like Glock 9 and like TK to have like a media presence uh in that sense too so what Sean Cotton Cotton usually does is that he makes like a top 15 rapper lists of each city and all that. Sometimes male, sometimes female and all that. And I realized in Toronto and especially like the media pages in Toronto and all that, uh, they don't really like do stuff like that. So what can I do to stir the pot for a little bit, you know? And I do realize that in like Toronto and all that, uh, yeah, as I said, I apologize for the reverb, like, just me doing it right now, it's just kind of, like, so, like, weird as hell, so just vibe with me, like, regardless. So, we have, like, a lot of Toronto-based media pages, we have Six Buzz, uh, Real Toronto News, Keep Six Six Solid, um, Toronto, like, Top Rappers List, um, Shade in the Six, uh, We Love Hip Hop, uh, and now this new guy named uh, Rockboy Ninja and all that. And we have some other ones too, if you can consider it. Like, I could say like DJ Snoopy. So, but yeah, no. So basically, I was the one, like, I noticed like a lot of them never actually made this type of stuff before, like a top 15 rapper list. If they even did like like that. Yeah, the reverb is so crazy right now. Uh, so, like, they don't really do stuff like that. They've done, like, more, like, top tracks of the city, like, which is your favorite track, all that type of stuff, too, and all that. But I never realized they never did, like, a top rapper list in that sense. I remembered um, Wheel of Hip Hop Friday and I think PK Herc were discussing about a top 60 Toronto rapper list and... They didn't made it themselves. It was someone else who made it, but like they gave their thoughts on on it and all that sense. So, what better way for me to create more content is by doing this rapper list, you know? And 
what's interesting about about like say cheese's list is that he does this for the spring and the summer and the fall in the specific year that he did it in and it was actually kind of unique as well because not a lot of people realize that that list actually helped dictate how artists and rappers and musicians take their music more seriously you know because like when they look at a list they grind more harder to make better music and all that sense like that so i decided to do it for the spring of 2021 which i did this list in may i might do it in the summer i don't know if that's gonna happen but yeah let's get on to it so one of my biggest controversies, like when I posted the list on my, on my IG page, uh, Lens of Yashu, I did for both the males and the females. As far as the males, like what I noticed, there wasn't like a lot of traction because no one really noticed it in that sense too. But when I talked about the female list, it gained a lot of traction and a lot of people liked it. Some people didn't like it, and then you know got all got all over Twitter and all that. So, yeah, it speaks for itself, and yeah, I should also know that this is uh, a female non non-binary non-binary list. Yeah, the reverb's just messed up. I know how to say like non-binary. It's just the list. The reverb's just like fucking it up for me. So. I apologize for everyone who might get offended, but just bear with me. So one of the artists on the top 15 female non-binary list is non-binary, and that is number two, Deja Espy. Shout out to Deja Espy. They're They're doing very well. Sorry about that. All right, let's start it off. So I'm gonna talk about number one on the list. So Tia Banks. So I think so. She's a Toronto-based female female rapper from Scarborough, and she's actually doing she's actually doing quite well, like musically in that sense too. Like one of her songs, "Boss or Worker," has over like a hundred k streams on Spotify. She's been gaining a strong traction lately, like music-wise. You know, like from her distract to you know who i think everyone knows to that song too and you know when you see the music video for boss or worker it has like a lot of like clarity on it like it actually looks like a very well produced music video and the way i did this list was that i talked about everything on that so i'll just talk about i'm just gonna bring up the designation right now so just give me a sec So when I described it, so I said, read the caption, Toronto Top 15 Male and Female Rappers Spring 2021. It's based on productivity from March 2021 to May 2021. The productivity is based on streams, consistency, radio play, online live performances, consistent growth, chart placements, street buzz, organic YouTube views, fan engagement, momentum, social media engagement, key features, blog placements, press, television placements, relevancy, and community involvement. And the way I designated the list is 
I looked at the people who actually did well musically on all aspects. We're not going to talk about YouTube. We're not going to talk about Six Buzz or anything like that. This is... And not a lot of people understand this because a lot of people will assume this is a top 15 rapper list based on bars and lyricists, like lyricism. And it's not actually that for this list. This is how well you did in spring, like last spring. So March 2021 from to May 2020-21. Sorry about that. The reverb is just so crazy right now. But yeah, like as I said, Tia Banks, like if you like look at the streams and you look at everything like that. So I'm going to just like bring up Boss or Worker. I'm just going to type it off myself. Uh, I just don't want to like bring it up. So it's doing, it's sitting, what, it's sitting well right now at 89K views on like Spotify. Not on Spotify, on YouTube, which is actually well for someone who's starting out. You know, like we don't have like a lot of artists doing stuff like that. And like when you just give me a sec right here sorry about that right now it's on 127 like over 127,000 streams right now on Spotify which is actually like very good for an up and coming artist you know and i do feel like she had more of a consistent growth than everyone else throughout the spring this isn't like all time or anything like that. Only in the spring. So, and I do feel that she held the crown tight. She had like a lot of placements around Young Dundas Square, like with her promotion of the song for her boss or worker, which is very well for an up and coming artist too. So you have to give props to that because not a lot of people can get those streams like that within like months. Some have to do it like within like a couple like six months or seven months to get those streams unless you're like a very like popping artist but yeah like props to her in that sense and then number two we're going to talk about is uh deja sb so deja sb is a toronto-based artist they're very they're very well known for the music in that sense and so deja dropped a trick uh a <laughs> so deja dropped a tape a while back and it's called Head Above the Waters, which was doing well, like, music-wise, promotion-wise, everything like that. Like, it had, like, press placements. It had, like, a lot of consistent growth, unique features, and some songs, like, Throw That Back, New, Harrison. It reached, like, over, like, 200,000, like, streams. And people don't know who Deja SB is, like, street-wise, but... When you hear her, like, more on the internet-based sound, they're doing very, like, well regardless either way. So, props to them. And, you know, they've worked with a Brazilian-based artist, and, you know, they've had, like, well -produ well-rounded productions for other artists such as, like, Harrison and everyone else, too. So, you got to give props to that as well. And she... And they actually have good press photos in that sense so props to them uh the next artist that i want to talk about is ebony so ebony she's like a very well-known artist in toronto one of her most biggest songs is uh you and op which is actually like well done very well uh she has modeled for rihanna she has worked with a lot of artists from the states she has she did some work in the states as well and she has performed well live as well and 
like the numbers don't lie the streams don't lie she's even like signed to universal which is like very big for her in that sense too so back in like february or i think back in march she dropped her xcp and as i said you know it has like a lot of good streams like we've hit this all to myself xting and you know you see a lot of a lot of growth a lot of good energy from there and you know just consistency you know like if you can keep up with streams like that too like you're a very dope artist regardless and like i can't even explain on the youtube stuff too you know like she's doing well like exiting actually on youtube has over like 360k uh, streams well views actually and then all to myself and hit this has like over like 140k streams ops which is like sort of like my favorite song even though it was released three years ago it was still doing well with 55k streams so you can't like deny that and she knows her audience she knows the sounds that she wants to work on and she's molding herself to be a better artist each and every day so you have to give props to her either either way so number four and number five is going to be like very interesting so if you know um <laughs> so taylee g and killity they were in a toronto beast toronto based female rap duo i'm just gonna just give me a sec sorry i'm just like <laughs> on a vibe right now because of the reverb and all that uh let me just check tnt lady sorry um sometimes like with the reverb and all that and sometimes with the thinking like it kind of gets like crazy because you have two sides of views to this to your head for a bit but like their beef and drama as well as their press coverage in we love hip-hop on ig live on everything else too like it's been doing well that spring than anything else too even though and like they dropped two like diss tracks which did well music wise so i think taylee dropped uh life's good i think so which has like 33 k streams and then kill a t um kill em, yellow tape 44k streams on youtube which is do very well you know and like their press and their involvement in the media and just like with their music it's been going crazy throughout march well from february until like april may which is like very interesting too and i felt that they actually had a chance to grow independently from each other since they broke up and i'm just only judging based on the music not on the, on the drama but i I think taylee had a better diss track than killity but both went in did their thing and you know showed a lot of growth from getting out of that group and hopefully they do get back together in one eternity or another but yeah hopefully like with the right promotion uh right team with them too like they could like reach bigger numbers like individually as well too so number six i'm going to talk about is hawaii mighty so everyone everyone knows who hawaii mighty is well-known brampton based raptor uh rapper Brampton Toronto based rapper um if you listen to let me just check sorry <laughs> if you've listened to uh 13th floor that was like one of the best projects of all time 
like in Canada wise, you know, like from a Canadian artist, she won a Polaris Prize. She has worked with a lot of unique artists in the Toronto music scene and has done a lot, you know, media wise, community wise, and, you know, just an all around good person, you know, like if you saw Havai Mighty's commercial, so there was a commercial on um, DoorDash. So DoorDash, they did a cover of. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low. Yeah, that was like um, a Marvin Gaye, and I think a Diane. Uh, Diane. Let me check. Sorry, <laughs> I know Marvin Gaye wrote that. So, yeah, M Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. So they did that song. So Hawaii Mighty did a rendition of the song for the DoorDash commercial. And it's blowing up, like, regardless on TV. Like, you could watch it anywhere in Canada. And, you know, media, press, media, television coverage is, like, very important. Her doing the song on a nationwide level, like, put her on various highs. And she did it within, like, end of last year, beginning of this year, which I, I rate of her, you know. And her, like, vocal capabilities as well as her sound, like... It led to a reason on why she is number six. Like throughout the spring, if I put if Thirteenth uh, Floor was released this year, like she would have been at top regardless, you know. Like just you know, even with the promotion, with everything like that, um, even just her capabilities and strengths as an artist too. Like you have to give props uh, to that too. And yeah, give hawaii mighty your flowers because she did pave a way for a lot of like up-and-coming new artists too in that sense too so yeah what else <laughs> um i don't want to talk about number seven like that or number eight or yeah just you know what let's talk about number seven so chromas uh, or chromas you already know her toronto-based rapper also known as the backdoor mommy and all that. Um, so she released that later on in May, but I didn't really like capture that. Um, she had a solid boss for a little bit. So here's the thing too. I know I got flagged from this when I posted Chromas as number seven, but if I didn't post Chromas at all, this, this list would be invalid because when you think about artists popping throughout the year or even like without any year, you have to think about her regardless, you know, because in that sense, too, she's not at, to at the top because uh, there still has to be a lot of, like, growth and improvement in her sound and in her energies and, you know, just within her positive press uh, pre uh, preferences and coverage, you know. Uh, but, yeah, Backdoor Mommy, like, that was, like, an interesting view for a bit, Uh it would have been rated very differently, like, in the summertime if I were to plan on this again. But, yeah. Like, as I said, like, I know Chromas is not really the most, like, lyrically capable or even the most unique in that sense, too. I don't want to say that she's trash. Like, even for any artist, no artist is actually trash, to be honest, because every artist can have a bad album, but, like... No, you can't really define an artist as trash. It's more so the sound, the lyrics, and everything that they have. It's not tuned to be in the right way that they feel. I think like when you say that an artist is trash, 
you're literally saying that they can't make music for the rest of their lives or for anything like that. You know, we're going to stop you from creating an opportunity for you to help your family and all that. Like, even though they've had training, they've had, you know, freestyles that they did, they worked with, you know, mentors that helped them shape their sound. There can be an artist that can make bad records, but if you improve them in that sense with the right team, with the right coaching, with the right production, that's why Saweetie's in um, performance uh, camp, I guess, like uh, musical performance camp or something like that to improve in her dancing and in her stage performances. That could be the same for Chromas if we're, Chromas, if we're talking about lyricism within the sound, you know? just to tune it for audiences to like it either way so and yeah i think aside from backdoor mommy uh chromis didn't really release like any music uh, like that nowadays um but she did gain a good presence and you know the list would be invalid without her because without chromis like who would be another another artist that can make it like that like within media coverage within social media promotion and everything like that too i want to get with to uh number 11 so if you don't know who plush is like definitely check her out very dope artist very unique in various aspects so she's very well known on social media within her tiktoks but she's also a rapper too uh as i said makes uh dope dope records but one thing that actually like what made her on this list was her social media presence her engagements sort of like press coverage in a sense too if we're talking about toronto media based pages and everything like that but you know like she's someone that we have to look into you know i do feel like that plush is someone that's gonna come up just like tia banks too just like disha sb just like tay lee g just like killer t I think, like, with all those five artists, too, since they're sort of new and up-and-coming, like, although, like, Deja SB has been in the game for a while, like, they've been in the game for a bit, like, we could talk about Tia Banks, Taylee G, Killer T, and even Plush, you know? Like, I do feel like with the right team, with the right sound, right promotion, and just right capabilities to making dope music, to engaging with fans, to engaging with their sound they'll grow in the long way you know like i definitely have high hopes for them too and plush i do feel like she's a very unique artist too she talked a lot about her survivor story she talked a lot about she even so there's this one song she did where she used a spongebob type beat um and she made a very fun like i don't like sorry about that it's just a reverb is so crazy right now i'm sorry about that she said I don't like perks. I say penny when I twerk. New new whip go skrr. <laughs> Something like that. And you can't deny it. It's not a bad song. It's actually very unique too. Even like Legalized Happiness too. It has like a good vibe. Very fast paced. Very dope energy too. And you know, some people will dismiss people like her. But she's actually a very unique artist. If you check out her music. If you see her growth if you see her dope energies like that too so yeah uh number eight uh coconina she had a very great time like last year you know like with the release of her ep 
Uh, she would have been higher for a bit too if it was like last year too because I felt that was a very dope project that a lot of people should tune into. But like since there wasn't like a lot of music that she dropped uh, throughout that time, like throughout the spring of this year, um, there wasn't as much engagement like that. I know some artists, they do take breaks, but like if you promote yourself quite well, like if you get people to view your sound, like it'll be dope. Number nine, Keisha Fresh, who was also in the same group as Savai Mighty with the Sorority. Very dope, all-around lyricist, uh, very great artist in general. Makes a lot of dope tunes either way. And one good thing that made her in this list was that she was actually in a TSN commercial promoting the first black female hockey player. And, you know, she talked about it. She explained her history, her story within Black History Month. And that's someone that you'd have to, like, look out for, you know, like someone like uh, Keisha Fresh. She will definitely grow, like, in a long way, too. She will definitely be big. Um, and props to her because, like, you know, good press equals good opportunities, you know? Like, when you look at people like Kavai Mighty, Keisha Fresh, and even other artists like Plush who engage with the fans, who engage in press coverage in engaging with tv and media <laughs> sorry my afterthoughts getting crazy because of this whole reverb type stuff like you're gonna have to bear with me but yeah uh keisha fresh uh they know how to connect with people they know how to connect with opportunities because it could lead to working on podcasts. It could lead into doing skids. It could lead into doing commercials. It could lead into doing anything else too. And even with that dope energy, with the positivity that they give, the good coverage, like it goes like a long way, you know. Uh, number ten, someone that I realized has grown a lot and is really an impact in the Toronto music scene, Sydney, uh, West uh, West. <laughs> Uh, West End rapper, very well-known community-wise. If you see her around the community and around, like, on Twitter, like, she has, like, a very great impact. She has helped, like, a lot of people, and she has done, like, a lot of stuff, too. And, yeah. Right, and uh, we're back. So, speaking on number 10, Sydney, I've already, like, explained my parts, too. Also, um, she has uh, done, like, a lot of, like, events before in the past, too. She's a well-known poet, like, within her poetry. She had... I've actually seen her perform a couple of times, actually. And she brings a lot of dope energy. Knows how to creatively direct her videos well. Knows how to maintain her music and everything like that. And her impact is still strong. Like, literally, for the spring, she had, like, a very good impact, too. If we're talking, like, bars and lyrics... Which will be a different story. I'll actually make a bars and lyrics edition soon. I know some people ask me, can you please do a bars and lyrics edition? I'll actually do that. And yeah, because I know like some people, they might be upset at this list. But I will make a bars and lyrics edition. So stay tuned for that. 12 to 15. I'm not really going to explain much too, but... All dope artists, like, all around. Like, I actually had to check out the music later on, too. And they make very dope music, too. 
Um, I mean, Nessia, I actually do like her music, and I do feel like bars and lyricism, she is at the top, um, even though it might not be shown at this list because it's the spring 2021 list. So who had the impact within the spring, who was releasing music at the time, who was well-known press-wise around the time. I didn't see enough of that like within her throughout the spring. But all time, she's been doing like quite well musically with the lyrics, bars, and everything like that. Very dope spitter, uh, great energy. Just has a unique tone and style to her sound, which is very amazing too. Goldie London, Lola Buns, Badass Buck. Um, I think because they came from a different era than mine. Like I'm born in '96, but I didn't start like capturing on to Toronto music until like maybe 2015 i did listen to toronto rappers back in the early 10 2010s like heartless g uh um not vanali stacks mr comfortable uh who else honey cocaine all these other artists too but i wasn't paying attention to the female artists like at the time too um and yeah they came from a different era than what i've actually experienced because during the early 2010s to 2015s, they had the city unlock, and if they would they would have been top three all around, you know, because lyricism bars were very important at that time too. Like the melodic sounds didn't really capture until like late 2013, early 2014, like when uh, uh, S. Loke and Hypa did like the honest song. But yeah, the reason why they're not as high, to be honest, either they didn't release a lot of like music within the spring or it didn't gain as much traction as the other artists too. And a lot of like, I do want to actually explain this too. Nowadays with labels, like they're searching for the next biggest artist, you know, based on sound, based on energy, based on everything like that and how you market an artist too. Like, when you talk about, like, marketing an artist to, like, a label or marketing an artist to be on a magazine and all that, you know, you have to look at which fan bases they will reach out to. And, like, if we talk about, like, a lot of, like, the artists, like, nowadays, too, they have fan bases that can connect with, too. So, with people like Deja SB, Ebony, Havai Mighty, Keisha Fresh, they have, like, a multitude of fan bases and audiences that can capture the, their sounds, um middle-aged adults can listen to their music um young uh hipster folks can listen to their music people like in the alternative indie scenes will listen to their music you know uh hip-hop purists will listen to their music you know professional music uh I think reviewers and uh, hobbyists will actually definitely check out the music and will like those sounds like with people like Tia Banks, Taylee G, Killity, Chromas, Kokanina, like they already have like a solid fan base. They they can connect with their female fan base, but they can connect with the Hoodmans, the people like into female rap, everyone else too. Like even like the LGBTQ community, like they can reach out to them. I could also put Sydney in the same lane as Havaya, Keisha, and Deja, because she does make that similar music too. But she also can connect with artists like from the hood and you know people from the west end and from other ends in toronto that could actually vibe and listen to the music you know 
plush, well strong off TikTok, you know, within social media and everything like that. And she can also make tracks for the Hoodmans and everyone like everyone like that too, you know. So she already has that that female that fan base too. When we talk about like people like Goldie London, Nessia, Lola Buns, Baddest Buck, I think like their fan base sound only goes into one direction, or like at least two directions, rather than like a multitude of directions. So to be honest, and this isn't like being disrespectful or you know just slandering their name. This is just the pure facts. The only people that I, I can actually see listen to the music, um, people from the hood, like people from the hood can vibe to it. And, you know, also females who like it too, you know. But more of the of the hoodmans will actually like listen to the music too. And it's not a bad thing too. But if you're trying to market a sound that requires like a multitude of fan bases too, you have to know which songs will do well for that, you know? So, and this isn't to judge anyone's fans or anything like that too, but it's knowing how you, you can do well, like, fan base-wise, and also who would their target audience be? Are you trying to get, like, a multitude of audiences? Are you trying to get your music onto XXL? Are you trying to get your music into television, films, commercials? Are you trying to make music for the stadiums to play, like, during the game or during halftime? You have to think about it like that. Even for record labels, too. So, I'll use one example. So, let's say an A&R or a very big, like, boss. Well, not not very big boss. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, a well-known music executive from a top three level. A uh, top three record label. Sorry about the reaper. A top three record label from like the three major deal from three major like companies, Sony, Universal, or Warner. Like all three of them, they come to Toronto. They try to find like the best you new, know, like the best artist to sign to the label and all that. Some people will say like more of the artists that they should promote, like you know Odisha, SB, and Ebony, Atia Banks, Hawaii Mighty, and if they make music that could attract those labels, like that'll be good either way, you know? Because they know that, hey, we can mark this well. We don't have to worry about any of the consequences that can happen. It won't be like one-dimensional or anything like that, too. They could perform well at festivals. They could work with unique artists, too. When we have artists, like let's say if we bring an artist like Bizlok. I'm just using Bizlok for example, so... Let's say we bring Bizlog to like a record label. So say Columbia Records wants to sign him or Republic Records would want to sign him. And he does like the Soul Brooklyn freestyle or Ur God. And he goes like, <laughs> I'm back, Crody. Like something like that too. People in certain labels might take him. But, like, they'd have to mold his appearance and sound to make it palatable and marketable for various audiences, too. Some labels would actually turn him down because, in their opinion, and this is just coming from people who know about the industry, who look at people who are signed in the industry and all that, like, 
he wouldn't be marketable to any audiences that would be people besides hood mans and you know people listening to hood music too and all that you know and it can ruin their chances and like especially in canada like if you have a record you can't travel to the states you might travel to europe but you might travel to the states if you apply for a certain visa but think about that too who would bizlo collab with the most honestly you know <laughs> like we have to question like can we bring him to an indie artist that will do something random will he tolerate it will he rock with the vibe of the artist you know or if we bring him to another hood artist you know will his sound be more palatable and relating to today's scene or would we have to bring him to like a different era so that's how i explain it for 12 to 15 i know that goldie london and lola buns they could make make it out more with other fan bases and everything like that too but like this is just like one thing too if you make music strictly for the hood or for only one audience or for only one sound too and you really like want to be signed to a label or if you really want to make it out of here and all that you know like sometimes being in one sound isn't enough unless you could do it very well and you can do it very well within various streams I do feel like they have that, they are lyrical, they have the bars, they have the style, and they can adapt to new sounds and everything like, everything like that too. It's just, how would a label, like, designate these artists? Like, can they tolerate being with other artists that might be different, that might have a different vibe? Or do we, do we just put them in one lane only in that sense? But yeah, like if we're talking about lyrics, lyrics, bars, and like sound, they'd be way, way high up. And to speak on the aftermath of this, a lot of good responses from people who did see the list. I've had some people not like the list in the sense too. Uh, but I, I actually once one person from the page actually paged me not to be on the list too, and I said I can't just take someone's photo out unless. I have the other copy too and then I'd have to redo it all over again and repost it on the page and if I take it down just by itself people aren't gonna like it either way but I mean it is what it is and I apologized if I ranked someone very low or ranked someone very high this is my opinion too and I think like this is like one of the major issues in Toronto you know like no one will not no one. I wouldn't say no one. People will feel that when you give your opinion, you're dissing them or you're disrespecting them in that sense too. And they only want like positivity only, like positive opinions, nothing negative. And even in that sense, they don't want constructive feedback or constru constructive criticism and all that, you know. But I do feel like with constructive criticism, like... Artists improve more taking that constructive criticism from looking at lists, from looking at stuff like that. And, you know, this list is my list. This isn't, like, any other list. This isn't, like, an official list. This wasn't, like, co-signed by Friday Ricky Dread or We Love Hip Hop or Six Buzz. This is from one average guy with at least 400 and something, like, uh, followers just giving this piece who's testing out the waters. You know, if you don't like it, like... That's your opinion. If you like it, like, 
thank you if you do. But yeah, I truly respect and appreciate these artists who make these very dope sounds, who make music for everyone to tolerate, who are doing well. And, you know, lists can change time and time too. You know, someone might not be in this list for the summertime. Someone might be a little bit higher. Someone might be like a little bit lower, you know. This isn't like... Because the seasons change. So I could have a summer 2021 list and I could put someone like Goldie London at number two or I could put someone like Chromas at number one, you know? If you look at the growth and everything like that, you know? But yeah, all right. But I know that it's an all-time list. If it's an all-time list, you know, Mishimi would be at number one and... I think Goldie and Lola Buns at number three. Because think about it, with Mishimi, she paved the way for Canadian rap music in general. She just paved the way for everyone to be in the game, for females to be in the game. She was kind of like the MC Light of Canada, you know? Like, if you think about it, like, she had, like, a very dope projects, and she has mentored, like, a lot of, like, younger acts in the game, too. So, yeah. I had this weird afterthought too because I listened to this like latest artist by the name of like Lady SB who's sort of gaining like a lot of like unique attention too. Um, she released uh, one song. Um, hopefully she'll be on the sum list, you know? Like, there should be like some people that should be on the sum list too. And yeah. So what I'm going to do is just I'm just going to add another source right now. Just give me a sec, bear with me here. All right, and we have the male uh, list for spring 2021. Because I have, if I do the females, I'm going to have to do the males too, you know? Or the female and non-binary because of Deja SB. So this happened to be in spring 2021, and... Yeah, like, it's pretty, like, reasonable in that sense, too. I also looked at radio, too, because I do feel like with the male acts, too, they have more potential to be in the radio to have the music being played. Surprisingly, Goldie London's son song actually got played on Flow 93.5 a couple of days ago. I checked it out, and I could actually rate her out higher if it, since, you know, she has a radio placement now, you know, so either way. But yeah, let's get started with the male acts too. I know some people might be upset, some people might not care, but number one, press, and it's very obvious that he's going to be at number one. You know, he's working with big level artists, like big level artists in a relationship with one of the biggest female artists of this year, Koyla Ray. <laughs> Yo, but yeah, she's pretty dope. Uh, but yeah, Pressa, Attachments was blowing up like crazy. The remix was blowing up like crazy. Um, strong social media presence. Just an all-around dope artist. And he's very pushed, like, he's pushed very well, you know? I think Sony Music Canada is, like, actually pushing him to be, like, the next Drake someday, you know? But he's going to be... The bi- the biggest uh, press that he's gonna be, you know, and I do feel like he's gonna have more opportunities too. Like even with this Gardner Express Deluxe, 
just dope sounds and dope energy. It's Doovy at number two. Uh, Doovy is someone who I followed up last year. Like one of his songs, actually my most played songs throughout last year. You dig? Uh, I could play it someday, but I don't want to get like demonetized. But yeah, like he's doing well. He's getting a lot of features, working with a lot of big names, and just bringing out dope energy and dope sounds and self-explanatory. You know, like he's blowing up like crazy. He's he sort of he was sort of affiliated with Meek Mill or Young Fug at like one chance when he was in the states and yeah. Number three, Northside Benji. Even when people don't release music right now, they'll still have a very big impact. Worked with Heady One, still getting high streams, very like well-known social media engagements, and he didn't even lift a finger throughout that time. He just did everything he could to do well musically, you know. Number four, LB Spiffy. Although he dropped his uh, tape like last year, it's still being played on the radio every day. Like that again, songs being played on the radio like every single day. He's still releasing music. He was recently on Six Buzz's tape, which is very dope as well. And number five, we have Lil Barret dropped. Icebreaker 2 and the Icebreaker 2 Deluxe worked with like a lot of acts like Nave Smalls, Sada Baby, 2K Baby, <laughs> and you know, just an all around dope artist. Like, I think um, he started to grow a lot too, you know, like just from the beginning to the end, even like with the negative press that he had before, like he's still consistent with music too. I know people might be mad at me for adding for not adding such and such and such and such if you know uh pedro uh we're just gonna call him pedro activated uh he would have been on this list if he stayed away from jail and stayed away from the bullshit but yeah would you even put pedro on the list i don't even know to be honest um who else the other guy, Pedro's uh, friend, um, YG, or like, I'll just say YG in respect of Pressa and in respect of like Waskang and all these other artists too. Um, he, although we didn't release music throughout the spring, um, I think he just kept a low profile too. Like, he would have been higher in other years too, but. I think he wasn't like releasing as much music. Like, hopefully, if he does like release music, we'll put him there too. The reason, like, it's crazy too. I didn't put K Killy on this list as well because I didn't really realize he was releasing music as much. But he will definitely be on the sum list too because he did drop one dope tape and Pyro was like a very like interesting song too. But yeah, some people might question me for number six, but Swaggerite is the definition. Of an artist that's definitely on his grind 24 7 365 days a year and even seven days a week yeah so he dropped one dope project um worked with like a lot of dope producers and a lot of dope acts dope acts has a unique style to his sound too and i think he's definitely someone that t could take his music to the next level too i could definitely see him on rolling loud i could definitely see him performing music festivals being commercial and television placements too, just an all-around dope dude. Um, and yeah, like he has dope music to that 
people can like palate through and tolerate in that sense too and it's actually very amazing you know because he knows how to find the right sound to find the right melodies and the good energies too so yeah uh his uh western road freestyle is like also dope too he can open up into many situations as well and that's very unique about it uh seven to nine we have Michael Jordan, also known as Mula First. <laughs> so uh, Mike, uh, Mula First, um, well-known media-wise, he dropped very great freestyles, uh, knows how to manage social media-wise, has great engagements, has been doing like very good press lately with the Michael Jordan brand. And hopefully he can get t- Tony Kukoc by his side or like even like a Dennis Rodman or a Scottie Pippen. But, like, enough with the Bulls references. I do feel like Mula First is a very dope lyricist and has a good ear for beats. Um, he even performed at, like, some freestyle, some, uh, I think some live uh, performance. Like, not, like, with fans, but, like, a virtual live performance. Uh, and that was pretty dope, too. Uh, number eight, uh, we have the Shawarma Man, uh, also known as Roadrunner. <laughs> You know, it's crazy. I actually liked Roadrunner's project, you know? Like, I did feel like once he got out of his legal troubles, you know, he just was focused on music, like, 24-7 and just kept on with it, you know? Like, dropped a dope tape, got as much uh, press coverage, worked with, like, a lot of others, other artists, too, and, you know, managed to stay consistent throughout the spring, and you have to shout him out for that, too. You also have number nine slim de nero also known as mr 905 and i get the nine is a good reference because you know 905 mr 905 <laughs> but yeah like he dropped this uh other this uh dual project in the spring really liked it i felt like it was like an improvement from all his other projects too and i do feel like he's someone to blow up next like if we're talking about the america like the americas you know like if we're talking about europe you know I do feel like people will tune into his sound easily, too. And we have number 10, Bricks for the Low, Bricks for, bricks for the Low. <laughs> Sorry about that, the reverb. I'll just do it again. Bricks for the Low, Bricks for the Low. So BFR Bundog, or also known as Bundog. Although he didn't drop as much music as I thought, Bricks for the Low, probably like one of the most catchiest songs in Tor- that from a Toronto artist from a while, you know? And, you know, just an all-around unique person in that sense, too. You know, he gives, like, a lot of good advice. He talks about, you know, wanting to take his music and his brand and his career to the next level. And I could definitely see someone like that being on the big screen, too. You know, like, if you can stay consistent, stay out of the light, like rumors. Sorry about that. Technical difficulties. <laughs> but yeah, um with him being Pressa's brother too, like I do feel like both him and Pressa are like the yin to the yang in terms of brotherhood, in terms of music and everything like like that too. And I do feel like he'll definitely blow up within years to come. I'm just gonna say it for eleven, twelve, and fourteen. Toby, um, he did drop some music too. He worked with like Maxo Cream. He worked with Flo Millie and everyone else too. He was also promoting his uh, free uh, therapy, therapy um, 
promotion that he was doing for a bit too and it was like well known in academics and he also won a Juno for his latest project even though I could have put him on for the summertime too but yeah he's a very overall a dope artist so definitely check him out Pillar B dropped um, a very dope EP too uh, you definitely have to tune it in on Spotify or Apple Music too what I liked about Pillar B he was actually one of my most listened to artists throughout last year you know like throughout the pandemic throughout everything else too i do feel that he knows how to market himself well with a record label that he has like people will actually enjoy it and yeah i do feel like he could take on bigger opportunities like he could be in commercials he could be in tv shows too and i do feel like that's someone who's gonna blow up like within years to come too so and quite different from everyone else on the list too you know just he's he's not afraid to think outside the box to get out of his comfort zone too like he could do something very like out of place and make it as twice as amazing as it is you know dylan ponders uh he did drop music last year too but his music was being played on the radio like at certain times too you know like i think with the help of producer eva shaw like it helped him get his music to the next level too and you know it wouldn't make sense if he's not on this list and then 13 and 15 13 i actually really appreciated in that sense too and i actually really liked was uh bandcamp you know or little bandcamp so he dropped the welcome to bandcamp mixtape a very top mixtape produced by Robin Rhodes. And I do feel like with the right promotion, with the right team, and with everyone else too, he will definitely blow up like crazy. Tissy Stacks, um, he wasn't making as much music throughout a while, but he managed to get his, one of his songs on the radio, like I think in the US radio too. But I don't know if he confirmed it or not, but his vocals and his sound was there. So, yeah. And let's talk about the people who were not on the list too. So I've had people, as I said, this is a spring 2021 list, not a bars or lyricism like type list. So yeah, you don't see a lot of like the unique artists that come from by like Bizloke or Casper or Pedro or YG because some either don't really don't care about releasing music at certain times too, or they've had other situations where the music was like very impacting in that sense too. Some people recommended me Bert Laplug and also who else? Claremont the Second and some guy named Tyrone. Claremont the Second, I actually do know too. Um, yeah, we we used to go to fellowship uh, together too, but um, it's been a while. But shout out to him too. Um, I do feel like in certain times he would be on a top 15 list of all time based on bars or lyricism or like if he were to drop a project and it gained as much traction. Like let's say if he dropped some of his projects like last year or the year before I made this list last year or the year before, he would definitely be on this list too. Bert LePlug, someone recommended me his tape, liked it. I just, not, I just didn't have the time to put it on this like spring 2021 list, but... I can make him an honorary 16th, to be honest, so, yeah. But, yeah, um, that's kind of it for my list. And, yeah. 
but yeah, like I do feel that I will try to make a top 15 list based on bars and lyricism and, you know, for the summer 2021 too. I do feel like I could add new additions to the list for the summer 2021 list because there were some artists that actually blew up like crazy as well too. And hopefully we can... Sorry about... Hopefully it might be different for other artists too. You know, I think... Northside Benji just dropped a new song too. Um, who else? Paris, who's also affiliated with Mula First and Pilabi, he's been blowing up like crazy as well too. Uh, you have what YT and Paco, who has been doing well musically. Who else? Uh, yeah, I mean comment whoever you want on this list too and well not on this list but on the summer 2021 list too and i'll check out their stuff and make it up since this is like a weird podcast for me because this is just me explaining the stuff going on like i guess farewell and see you